This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now, on the Anchor Podcasting Network, at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. All right, first, guys, we want to start off with um, talking about the NBC Esports Short Track Challenge. Now, we we didn't really talk a lot about this on our Facebook Live that we did earlier in the week and, and really didn't want to spend a ton of time on it, even in the podcast. But really, I guess the big thing I wanted to, to talk about was just how interesting this, this dynamic was. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I watched – I only really watched – on Monday night because Tuesday and Wednesday I, I, I was at my normal my normal job and I wasn't able to watch those nights. But um, of what I've seen and, and read, you know, Monday night I watched the race. It was it was really interesting. I mean, the dynamic of having two races and six drivers was something that I wasn't really sure how it was going to play out. Um, you know, I, I I think you had guys that had various different degrees of of um competition on there guys that have have you know like william byron who's been on iRacing for years and years and years and that's really in a lot of ways how william got got um you know discovered um that's really how he he got into nascar um and then you had guys like austin Dillon who you know maybe didn't do it as much bubba wallace didn't do it as much as william did um but you had some guys that literally just jumped on for the first time that were doing some of this stuff. Like Kyle Busch wasn't on iRacing before this. You know, Kyle really got into it because of the whole uh, Pro Invitational series. So it was really interesting to see how, uh, you know, we got, you know, Kyle Busch in there. Um, and then you had guys, you know, that that had these really crazy rigs like Denny Hamlin. Um, and then I saw a little bit of the Myrtle beach race, um, which was Wednesday night. I saw a bit of that. I only saw the second half of the race. I didn't see the first half. Uh, but the second half that I saw was the race that Landon Castle won and, and Landon kind of, um, you know, kind of laid back a little bit, saving his tires, which I thought was an interesting strategy. You know, a lot of times, you know, we hear people and I see comments of people say, oh, it's fake racing. It's not. You know, it's not real life, but when you go to a track like Myrtle Beach, a track that none of these current cup guys have competed on. Now, I know Dale Jr. is a, a retired NASCAR uh, Cup Series driver. He's competing in in, in both the Pro Invitational, Invitational Series and also this E, um, this e uh, Sports, uh, you know, the NBC Esports, as it's called, uh, Short Track Challenge. Um Dale Jr.'s race at Myrtle Beach Speedway, but never in a cup car, like not not in a, cu- a current cup car. Uh, I think the Bush Series might have run there too, uh, you know, back when in the in the late '90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyhow, you know, seeing that kind of a track characteristic of of eating up tires, um, and, and guys going out there and conserving their tire wear and things like that, and having um, those setups were were really what made the race interesting in in, in a different way. Um, and I think in real life, you do get tire wear at some of these tracks and I don't know how accurate the modeling is to it, but I do know that they do go out and they laser scan these tracks. So, so the tracks are, are very much 
on the sim like they are in real life. And that was one of the things that I think really people are starting to see that it's more than just a, a game that people are sitting behind and just playing. It's actually a real life, you know, laser to, you know, laser, um, done, uh, you know, whole, whole scenario there for, for these drivers. Um, and there are some parts of it that are a little, little weird, you know, sometimes some of the wrecks, like, I mean, we saw guys flipping at Bristol, you know, there was a, a, a video of, of Eric Jones practice crash in the pro invitational series, um, where he got hit by a car and his car went flying up in the air. And you know, how realistic that is, 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 is where kind of like the aerodynamics part of it is really where iRacing isn't like a hundred percent like real life. Um, and that was one of the things even Dale Jr. kind of explained um, during during the race at Homestead. Like, you know, traditionally the guys would run up right up against the wall. But at, at the virtual Homestead, it's kind of hard because, you know, iRacing still hasn't figured out how to how to do that buffer where your car actually, you know, kind of can can run right up against that wall. And there's like a pocket of air um, that'll that'll keep you up there. Uh, that hasn't been really figured out in the sim yet, but you could see some of the things that um, how far the sim has come from where it was to where it is or where sim racing was, I should say. It's it's not so much iRacing. iRacing, when it came out, was was always lauded as one of the most developed and highly sophisticated simulation uh, products out there in the world. And, you know, when you had, you know, uh, NASCAR Racing 2003 and some of these other, you know, supposed simulation games they really were more game than simulation um you know yeah you can go in there and build a custom paint scheme yeah you could do this yeah you could do that yeah you could you know take a nascar 2003 and you can make a current cup car on there and things like that like there was a lot of things that you could do with that but it wasn't as as accurate in real life like as iRacing has become um so so you definitely have two different um spectrums there and it's also not like NASCAR Heat Four, not to na- knock the the folks that um, you know that seven hundred four games and and everybody that's worked really hard in the NASCAR Heat series, but it's not it's not like NASCAR Heat where it's a console game. There's a little little more restrictions on how how um, simulation like they can make it um, because you know when you're building a console game versus building iRacing, you know a console game you're trying to appeal to the masses. You're not trying to appeal to a certain subsegment of people that are, um, you know, just interested in going on and trying it for kicks and giggles, so to speak. That's what you're getting in a console game, right? But when you're building a simulation or a sim game, you know, you realize that people are doing this are are doing this because they might be racers themselves. A lot there's a lot of people that are are racing on iRacing that are actually real life racers. Whether it, I, I'm not just talking NASCAR guys, I'm talking about People that are are um, you know maybe have have gotten out of racing, you know whether it's you know like a Kevin Swindell he had that that terrible accident at Knoxville, uh, you know five years ago where where he had a spine spinal cord uh, spinal injury and he's unable to, to to physically race, but due to some developments they made with hand controls and some things that he's built himself he's able to go on i racing and compete. Uh, Robert Wickens, who the driver who got hurt at Pocono in the Indy car uh, a few years back, he's going to be able to compete in, in iRacing. I believe he already has. 
uh, in the IndyCar series. Same thing. They're building hand controls so that he could race uh, on iRacing and, and all that. So I think it's 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 really cool to see the different drivers um, compete and, and, and go through iRacing. And then you have guys like, um, you know, and, and – uh, we've had him on our show before, Keenan Lapsovich. He was he was running a uh, a late model last night in a in a, a short track uh, fifty one, which is now owned by uh, by the RTA, the, the Race Team Alliance, um, Bob Dillner's group, uh, Speed fifty one. I mean, and um, you know he was running a series that that they were you know broadcasting out there. I think it was the Rowdy Energy series or something they're calling it. Uh, but Keenan Lapsovich won that event last night. You know it was a hundred lap uh, race at I think at Virtual Five Flag Speedway. And, or I'm sorry, it was at USA Speedway, but you know, those are things that you don't, you know, you, you don't see on a, on a NASCAR heat, you know, or a console game. You don't get guys that, that compete at that level that are actually out there and, and trying to, you know, race and, and have fun and, and compete against, you know, those of us that are, that are trying out iRacing as amateurs, you know? Uh, so it's, it's really cool to, to see all, all the stuff that's been going on, but I think, you know, we all have a better understanding of what iRacing is. And I think we have a better appreciation of, of the folks that are in that Coca-Cola pro series, um, which is, which is a very high class level of simulation, uh, racers that are very, very good at what they do. And they're a lot better than, than some of us amateurs that have been trying to jump onto the iRacing rigs and all that. Um, over over this whole pandemic and and just you know people that just literally uh want to try it out i mean I, i'm sure the simulation business the sim rigs guys and uh all the different outfits out there are are really busting their tails because you know there was a whole bunch of drivers that needed rigs and and there's people you know average joe's and and and, and uh i'll include myself in that carrier people that were looking at ooh, what can i do to get an iRacing rig now i don't really have any interest in it because i know um, folks that do it and, and they literally spend like hours and hours and hours every single day doing this. And I'm not saying they make a career out of it. You know, they're doing it for fun. Uh, I would enjoy doing it, but I, I know just from my own personal experience of, of going on NASCAR heat and, and other versions of that game on, on an Xbox, what that's like, you know, uh, competing against people and some people are just they're out there making troll videos for their youtube channels or whatever they're doing um you get some of that i've gotten some of that in in, in some of my some of my previous ex online experience um and, and that's what kind of ruins the game for some people but i think really on are racing you don't see a ton of that because they do a really good job policing things and 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 you don't get that experience but you know sometimes in those rookie series uh, races you got to be careful uh, i've i've heard some things uh, from people, but you know, you gotta be careful in, in those, in those rookie, in those rookie races, but on the iRacing front, um, you know, I thought NBC did a really nice job bringing it back to the, to the, um, to the short track challenge. I think they did a nice job. The six drivers was a really great idea. You got six different drivers every night. Um, I think IRP, you know, I, I saw, um, that race where, where Denny Hamlin's trying to get, get uh, to the back of Christopher Bell to, to win that race uh, coming to the checkered flag. I think that was the second race. Um, so it was really neat to see some of the, some of the competition that was going on. And when we got to um, Wednesday night and we got to the race there at Myrtle beach um, that I was talking about a little bit ago, um, seeing 
seeing Landon Castle win. You know, here's a guy that is a fan favorite. I'm not saying he's as popular maybe as Matt Benedetto when it comes to the underdog, underfunded driver category, but but Landon has has definitely has a fan base that is very passionate. They love Landon, um, and and it's and it's it's a sizable one, okay. Uh, and, and and if you really understand Landon's little backstory, you know he he, he used to be a, a a product of the Hendrick Development Program. Unfortunately, things didn't really pan out for him there. Um, but he's really made a name for himself driving some of these underdog, underfunded teams. And, you know, he's always made the most out of every ride he's been in. You know, he's he's driven for Front Row Motorsports. He's driven, you know, he drove for Starcom last year, which was was really going through its first full-time season. And, and Landon drove that car for them. Um, and then this year, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about Landon, you know, not being in the car at Starcom. Quinn Huff comes over. Um, you know, and there was a lot of talk about that, but to see Landon, who's, who's right now driving for, uh, Morgan Shepard's, um, uh, Xfinity team, and they're trying to get enough funding to, to run as all the races that they can run, um, you know, to see him go out and compete against guys like Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, who's run at, at, at Myrtle beach, um, and, and other drivers out there that were, were just as good. I mean, Timmy Hill, I mean, Timmy Hill has become an iRacing, you know, superstar in a lot of people's eyes. They're like, oh my God, Timmy Hill's this great iRacing driver. And I'm like, yeah, well, we knew this for years and years and years. For those of us that have, have been involved in the scene or have watched different races on on Facebook or whatever. And, um, you know, we all knew that Timmy Hill, you know, could drive a car on, on iRacing. I mean, we all knew that that was something he was really, really good at. Um, but for those of us that, you know, are watching it for the first time, um, you know, you're starting to see it and now people are, wow, Timmy, Timmy Hill's really good, you know, and, and hopefully something really good happens for that young man. And, and he gets an opportunity to, to drive in some better funded equipment. But I mean, crown out even last year, I mean, he, he had a, a, a top, I think a top five, if not a top 10 in, in one of his own trucks, you know, and, 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 and he doesn't have a ton of trucks. He probably has two or three trucks to his name right now. And to get a top five with that team, it was I'm pretty sure is at Martinsville, um, you know, was pretty incredible. So you see flashes of his talent and, you know, he finished third at Daytona this year in the, in the Xfinity car. And, and you just see some of the stuff that he's, he's capable of doing with the right funding, with the right opportunity. I think Timmy Hill would be a, a competitive race car driver out there. And, you know, I think you could say that about a lot of people in the back third of the field. Yes, there are guys that should not be driving what they're driving. I 100% understand that argument, and I agree with you. There are people out there. But I think this series has shown you the people that are real that, – that there are people out there that are really talented that deserve a full-time ride and something that has a lot of funding. And I know we're going through a very tough time right now, so it's hard for me to say – you know, when we come back and, and things kind of return slowly back to way the way things were, um, you know, even 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 six months ago, um, you know, you look at at, you know, what opportunities are going to get developed because of this this whole iRacing series. I would love to see Timmy Hill get a, uh, a fully funded ride 
And I'd like to see what Carl Long's team is capable of doing. Like, let's see what NBM is really made of. If they had enough funding, they had enough resources or enough financial support behind them to put Timmy Hill in a, a fully competitive, fully funded car. Let's see what that looks like or as best as best fit that Carl Long can, can accomplish. I think that would be uh, something to see. So it would be, to me, it'd be really interesting to see how that all works out. W- what, you know, Timmy Hill would be made of Landon Castle. I mean, I think we've seen a little bit of Landon in a Hendrick car, but like I said, I mean, I don't know how much of that was Landon per se, um, or how much of that was the situation he was put in. Cause you gotta remember the, the Hendrick development program had some really bust in it, but I think there's, you know, Roush had some real, real winners in their cars back in the day. Um, you know, Gibbs has had some that you kind of sat there and shook your head at and were like, what the heck was this? Um, you know, so, so there's been guys in every development program that don't work out. And then there are guys that should have worked out, but didn't. Okay. I mean, at one time, Matt D. Benedetto was in the Gibbs development program and I'll never forget, you know, he was in there. Brad Coleman was in there. Uh, who's another guy you you don't hear of anymore. Um, you know, Joey Logano was in there. Max Gresham was in there. Um, and, and Gibbs had a pretty deep uh, group. And then he also had a, a, a driver development uh, or drive to diversity guy in there, Chris Bristol. You don't hear of Chris Bristol anymore. I mean, what, you know, what happened there? So there are guys that in every one of these major teams that did this driver development program that kind of slipped through the cracks. And then you have the, the Landon Castles, the Matt D. Benedettos that are somehow still in the in there. And, and I would throw Corey LaJoy in that mix because Corey was kind of, you know, coming up on his own. Then I believe at one time he was he was supposed to be on a development contract with Petty, with Richard Petty Motorsports at one point in time. And I think that kind of slipped through the cracks when they started having some funding issues. And, and Corey ended up, you know, kind of doing what Ryan Truex did, you know, go drive for BK Racing. Um, you know, and, and, and make very little to no money, um, but do it to get your name out there. And now look at where Corey is, you know, Corey, Corey went to BK after, after D Benedetto left, he went to go fast after D Benedetto left. Um, so now I'm laughing cause you know, here's, here's Corey LaJoy at go fast now for a second season. And I sit there and I'm like, you know, I really hope D Benedetto is able to stay at, um, at the Wood Brothers, I think that that would be a really good fit for him. Um, you know, you're starting to see some of that with that team is starting to gel, um, you know, in, in those first few races that we saw this year, um, you know, in actual racing. Um, but it will be interesting to see how how the rest of this year plays out, what, what we're going to get, how many races we're going to get, and all that. But I think the iRacing is, is going to open some doors. Um me personally being a little bit selfish, um, you know, I, I I think most of you know that that I'm a I'm a really big Ryan Sieg uh, supporter and a really big believer in Ryan. I think, you know, Ryan with the right amount of funding, with the right the right equipment, even 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 the equipment he's got, honestly, Ryan I think has shown a lot of people he could he could do this he could do this really well. Uh, but I think if he had some a little bit newer equipment and a little bit more funding behind them. Uh, they they would be they would be contenders to win races because I mean Crown Loud he he almost won that race in Vegas and that was a car that was four years old 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'll say this, I know that they've, they have done quite well, um, for themselves the last, the last year, um, you know, getting CMR roofing on that, on that car was huge for Ryan. Uh, that was, that was a really big deal. Um, you, you know, and, and seeing, and seeing them take that next step, you know, they, they put a deal together with uh, Roush Fenway. They're getting a, a pit crew from them, which is huge. It's, I believe Michael McDowell's cup team. Um, that's been pitting his Xfinity car, uh, which is, which is great. You know, it really helps them out that gains them some spots on pit road that in years past they, they lost because they had a, a pit crew school that would pit the car. Um, and, and those are folks that are learning how to, to pit. And, and again, it's not like the people that are, that do these pit schools, whether it's Excalibur or, uh, you know, some of the other outfits out there, but I know Excalibur is probably one of the bigger ones that, that, that has a ton of teams that they, they provide uh pit crews to, but the people that are doing the Xfinity stuff have been through the truck series and they have a lot of classroom. Well, I mean, classroom, I mean, at the facility at Excalibur's facility in, in North Carolina, and they have a lot of practicing behind them. They don't just throw somebody like you can't just walk in the door there and, try out, you know, make, make a, a team, a crew. And, you know, tomorrow you're pinning an Xfinity car. There's a lot of practice. There's schooling you have to go through. You have to learn the different rules. You got to learn the choreography of, of running around the car and, and changing the tires and jacking up the car or, or being the fuel, you know, the gas man, you know, whatever your, you know, your position is, you got to learn about that. You got to, you know, be a master of that trade. And, and, and even the, the pit crew schools that are out there pitting these cars, I mean, some of them are really, really good and they end up, you know, getting jobs at, at teams, you know, and, and on, on regular teams, pit crews, or they're, they're a development crew, you know, and, and that's where a lot of these, these guys are, but um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, like I said, for Ryan, I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, they just got the Roush crew, and uh, they'll continue to, to to gain more spots. I think the thing I'm scared of with um, with this, and we'll we'll go into our next segment here in a in a little bit, um, talking about um, what what I see happening once we we get the the green light to resume uh, sports in this country, um, where I kind of see things going. But to tidy up the iRacing thing, Chase Briscoe won the championship last night at Martinsville and, uh, you know, congratulations to him. I know he hasn't, uh, he didn't run the, uh, the pro invitational series at Bristol because I think they tried to really limit it down to active and maybe one famous retired driver, um, because of, you know, how difficult Bristol really is. But I, I would expect that next week when we get back to back to it, um, with the schedule, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So what we're going to do is we're going to head to our next segment. We're going to talk in the next segment, um, a little bit like what I just said, you know, we're going to talk about where I see things right now. Um, you know, I don't have any insider information. I haven't been told a schedule. Um, you know, we'll talk about some of the, the rumors that are out there as far as, you know, uh, what, what we could be seeing, uh, talking about double headers, talking about, you know, midweek races, the, the strain on the crews and how that would all work. And uh, we'll we'll get you guys going on the next segment. So we'll see you guys uh, in a little bit. We'll be right back. 
All right, we're back, guys. Um, so, so this part of the episode, I want to talk a little bit about where I see things happening um, as far as the sport, where we're going to be, uh, you know, once everything starts back up. I know you guys have heard a lot of different rumors. I don't have any inside information on this one that really and truly, you know, we're, we're waiting for local governments um, to really make their own decisions based on where we're at with, with this. I mean, you know, put in a little bit of perspective where, where I am in, in New Jersey, we're, we're dealing with the second most cases in, in the country right now. And, and um, you know, we don't really have any, any uh, officially sanctioned NASCAR tracks in, in the state. And when I mean, officially sanctioned, I mean, ones that, that run like an Xfinity, a truck or, or a cup race in our state. So, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of out of the, out of that realm there but i know like what's going on in new york is is absolutely insane i mean it's most of the cases are actually in the city um you know i know that 100 as of yesterday it was 159,000 positive cases and and there's over 7,000 folks that have lost lost their lives in new york in new york state and you know most of that is in uh probably over half of that i would say is actually in the city um and the other half is 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 upstate um, you know, Westchester County was, is a really hard hit area too. So, um, you know, I, I think we're going to see, um, they're going to probably hopefully, um, you know, get through this relatively soon. Um, but I, I would expect that, you know, NASCAR is going to have some challenges when it comes to racing in this area. And I think, um, you know, with the one race at New Hampshire, um, you know, I think New Hampshire isn't as bad as some of the other States are, um, with cases and stuff like that. So I, I could see them running New Hampshire, you know, uh, pretty, pretty certainly, uh, this year, New, the, the race at Watkins Glen, you know, that would be the one I would say is, is even though it's in August to me would be kind of dicey, how that all works, how that all pans out. Um, just because of uh, how that how that normally works around this area, um, and even Pennsylvania, I mean, even the the Poconos, um, you know, Pennsylvania is, is now increasingly become a hotspot. Especially Philadelphia uh, has become such a big hotspot, and, and and the Poconos, generally speaking, there's not a lot of people that live in the Poconos year round, but it's a it's a tourist attraction, and you know with everything that's going on, the shelter in places, um, you know, in some areas, uh, you know, the stay at home orders, all that stuff that's going on, you know, watching it from afar, I, I really don't know how we're going to get back to some of these areas this year or, or how it's all going to work. I know Pocono continuously emails me as a ticket holder, um, as what they're trying to do. Obviously, you know, I have a ticket for the Saturday race at Pocono, um, as it stands right now for the cup race. And, uh, you know, I, I, am getting constant updates from the track, which is fantastic, but I really can't sit here today and tell you that I know what's going to happen. I wish I could. Um, but you know, in, in, in a lot of things, you know, you just, you have to watch, um, what's going on. And I think, um, you know, I do think, uh, the race in Martinsville, I don't think it's been officially postponed yet, but I would say it's going to probably be postponed here in the next day or two um, or, or early next week. I can't see them doing that because the stay-at-home order in, in Virginia, I think, goes through June 10th. Um, so I think Martinsville is going to get rescheduled. Um, and we're going to have to watch. You know, I, I just don't know if, you know, 
what what when the peak is really going to come in a lot of these states um you know if they started out behind others um you know as far as cases you know they they started going their, their cases started building up higher you know later on they might have a, a, a later peak than than some areas like up here um and stuff like that so we just gotta you know i think everyone's gotta take a pause and just figure out you know let's get through this first and see what happens and I do think midweek races are going to be something that's going to happen. They're probably going to look at double headers. Um, there's probably going to be races without fans. You know, when we when we start first start getting back at this, I think that's that's a realistic thing. Um, you know, and I think that you know we'll see that. And I know some people said, "Well, how's that going to work with the cart with the fan with the teams and all that? How's that going to work?" The teams are going to have to figure it out. I mean, you know, everybody has swap out haulers, um, and, and like I said, I think. If NASCAR is smart, they're going to work with different tracks. And I, I would say, basically, there shouldn't be any guarantees right now on when your race is going to be. You know, they should contact all, all the tracks and say, you know, because they own, you know, half of them. Bruton Smith owns the other half. The only two independent track owners they have to, to contact is Pocono and, and, and Dover uh, and say, listen, you know, everybody, you know, your schedule is are are your your dates are up in the air now what i would do is i would do it regionally you know i would do you know wherever the orders get lifted first that, those are the places we would go to first and make sure we run at those tracks um with no fans you know to to, to be smart um and, and to make sure that we don't get a whole bunch of people infected that that don't have it um you know, and cause spikes in some of these areas that don't don't need to get spiked. Um, and then the places that they're having the hardest time getting through the peaks and getting through that 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 you know crush of cases, um, we go to those places later in the season. You know, maybe you you run Dover, Pocono, and and Watkins Glen and in New Hampshire in in a stretch. You know, so that way there everybody can kind of stay in the Northeast and, and you kind of keep them at a centralized spot. I mean, maybe what you do is you run Pocono, you know, it's a double header, give them a weekend, but you run Dover the weekend after, and then you put Watkins Glen, um, you know, you run Pocono on a weekend, you run Watkins Glen in the middle, and then you go and run Dover. So that way there, they're going from Pocono to Watkins Glen, which that's a doable drive. And then you go from Watkins Glen to Dover, again, a doable drive. And, you know, you use your swap out haulers. And then you go and run New Hampshire, right? After you run the weekend at Dover, you go run New Hampshire. And then you come back and you go go to a different region. I think that that de- geologically, there's got to be some, some, some smart, sound decisions that are made. You know, it's the one schedule I saw out there, I was just like, I, I don't see how this is physically possible because they had, you know, race here, race there. I'm like, you know, these guys, you know, these swap out haul drivers can only drive so many hours, you know, legally on the road. Uh, you you got to be careful. <laughs> so, you know, I think the swap outs, you know, on the East Coast are going to obviously be easier than the West Coast swap outs, but. I do, I do believe you have to uh, be smart and prudent about some of this stuff, and I, I think, uh, I think they will be. But it's going to make life very, very interesting for these crews. I know it's going to be a stressful time, 
But I think a lot of these teams, you know, and I think a lot of people in this country feel the same way is that, you know, people want to go back, you know, to, to some semblance of, of what life was, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to use the word normal because, you know, there probably isn't ever going to be life a hundred percent the way it was, you know, it's, it's going to go to a new normal. So that's why I think, I think, I think the schedule is going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all pans out, how it works. And uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I do think geologically they have to make some really smart uh, decisions. Well, guys, that does it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. Um, let your friends know. We will catch you guys on the next one. Hopefully we'll do one uh, a couple next week. And uh, as always, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and on TikTok as well. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chiefs Corner, TikTok at Crew Chiefs Corner, and on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.